Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Morbid Collective. Welcome to Criminal AF. And for those of you joining us for the first time, this is a true crime podcast. There will be talk of murder, rape, torture, assault, and pretty much any crime that would haunt you nightmares at any given moment. There will be detailed descriptions of said events, and there will be some vulgar language. Like fuck. We understand that Criminal AF is not for everyone, but we just ask that you at least give it a listen. If it's not for you, hey, thanks for checking it out. See ya. But if it is, welcome to the debauchery. I know we're in the middle of summer here in the U.S., in the rest of the Northern Hemisphere, but who doesn't love talking about some fall shit? It's right around the corner. Hoodie weather, the foliage, cider mills, pumpkin spice lattes, or better yet, pumpkin spiced wine, hiding the bodies of your enemies under the leaves, corn mazes, you know, fall shit. There is one day in particular that symbolizes the entirety of fall shit, and that is Halloween. Several countries around the world celebrate Halloween, or some form of it. It goes by many names depending on where you're from, and the meaning behind it varies as well. In Latin America, it's called Dia de los Muertos, or All Souls Day, which is celebrated to honor the dead, culminating on November 2nd following a three-day celebration beginning on October 31st. It is believed the dead return to their earthly dwellings during this time. Families will build an altar in their homes and surround it with candy, flowers, photographs, and the deceased's favorite food and drink. Often, a wash basin and towel are provided for the spirit to wash before enjoying the feast that is laid out before them. In England, the date that was originally saved for Halloween was replaced for Guy Fawkes Day, which is celebrated on November 5th. Originally called All Saints Day, England ceased to recognize Halloween during Martin Luther's Protestant Reformation, and since Protestants don't believe in saints, there was no longer a reason to celebrate All Saints Day. While some today may choose to celebrate Halloween, Guy Fawkes Day is to commemorate the execution of the man bearing the same name, who was a Catholic and was charged with treason for trying to overthrow King James. 
first celebrated shortly after his death on November 5th, 1606. Celebrants would light a huge fire, or in those days, it was called a bone fire, as symbolic bones of a pope were burnt in the fire. Ireland, North America, and Australia celebrate Halloween, or All Hallows' Eve, the more traditional way, which began over 2,000 years ago with the Celtic in what is now modern Ireland, Great Britain, and Northern France. It began as the festival Samhain, when they recognized the new year as November 1st. The day marked the end of the harvest season and the beginning of winter, a time that was synonymous with death. It was believed the boundary between the living and the dead became indistinguishable on October 31st, and the ghosts returned to the earth. As such, the living would wear costumes of animal heads and skins. In 43 AD, the Roman Empire conquered most of the Celtic lands, but kept the festival of Samhain to celebrate along with two of their own celebrations, Feralia, which commemorated the passing of the dead, and Pomona, honoring the goddess of fruit and trees. The symbol of Pomona was an apple, which explains why bobbing for apples is such a popular activity during Halloween. Whether you believe in the dead returning to walk the earth or not, it does tell a compelling story. For this episode, we're going on a trip. I call it the Killer Haunts Tour, and we're going to visit locations where the dead are believed to have crossed into the world of the living and remain to this day. But these aren't your typical spirits. The ghosts we are going to discuss today have a particular characteristic in common. They are all serial killers. I'm Dave Jari, and I am the Serialholic. We'll begin our trip in Chicago, Illinois, to the location of the former murder castle. Many of you have heard about H.H. Holmes, reportedly America's first serial killer who conned and murdered his way to prominence. In 1883, Holmes, whose birth name was Herman Webster Mudgett, built an elaborate hotel in Chicago for the World's Fair, then known as the Columbian Exposition to commemorate the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus's arrival in the Americas. Holmes acted as his own architect and would hire a new contractor once they got to a certain point in the design or began to question the plans of hallways that led to nowhere, trap doors, and secret passageways. Many of these contractors were believed to have disappeared without notice, adding to the legend and mystique. Holmes was believed to have killed hundreds of people within these walls. And when police finally caught on to what was going on, they entered the hotel where they discovered gas chambers, vats of acid, dissecting tables, a crematorium, and boxes upon boxes of bones. When Holmes was hanged in 1896, it is said that it took 15 minutes for his heart to stop beating, 
and several people involved in his capture and prosecution would die under mysterious circumstances after his death. Although the hotel itself burned down in the late 1800s, his chamber of death in the basement remained until 1938. That year, the lot was cleared and the Englewood Post Office was built on a portion of the lot. To this very day, it is reported that dogs refuse to go near the post office. Visitors and employees claim to hear strange noises. In the basement, which is part of the original dungeon, has the most activity, including sounds of people shuffling across the floor, unexplained voices, and chairs being stacked for no apparent reason. Adam Seltzer of Chicago Unbelievable recorded an EVP, or electronic voice phenomenon, in the basement of the post office of a girl singing. Staying in the Chicago area, we're going to Norwood Park to visit one of America's most recognizable serial killers, John Wayne Gacy. Gacy sexually assaulted and murdered 33 young men and boys in the 1970s, and police found the vast majority of their remains on his property, with 26 found in the crawl space under the house, two buried in the backyard, and one found under the floor of the shed. The others were dumped in the De Plains River. Gacy would use several ploys to attract his victims, most notably, offering them work for his construction company. He would also dress up as his alter egos, Pogo the Clown and Patches the Clown, where he would entertain at children's parties, charity events, and other functions. It later became known that he would dress up as these characters when he murdered some of his victims by showing them a handcuff magic trick where he would first place fake handcuffs on himself and then real ones on his victims. He was eventually caught when a 15-year-old young man by the name of Robert Peist went missing. His mother was waiting for Robert while he went to speak to a man named John Gacy about a construction job. Robert never returned. After police investigating his disappearance discovered a receipt from the pharmacy where Robert worked inside Gacy's home, it was the end of the killer clown. Gacy was arrested in December of 1978, and after his victims were exhumed from his property, the house was demolished. The lot stood empty until 1988, when it was sold and a new house was built. Since then, numerous paranormal events have been reported including voices, knocking, and even apparitions of Gacy in full Pogo costume. An exorcism was allegedly conducted on the property, but it is said it did little to curb the haunting. In 2018, Windy City Paranormal visited the home, and this interaction from a type of spirit box was recorded. The responses to the questions are, 2000? Is that true? And hey, wait a minute, respectively. You know what year it is. It's 2018. Yes, it's true. 
Let's travel down Interstate 65 from Chicago to the great state of Indiana. Fox Hollow Farm, a sprawling 18-acre estate, was the location of numerous murders, allegedly by the hands of Herb Baumeister. I say allegedly, because he was never technically convicted of the murders. More on that in a bit. Baumeister, his wife, along with three children, bought the property in the early 1990s, and not long after, a series of young men would disappear from local gay bars. After his son came walking out of the woods with a skull on a stick, his wife would give police permission to search their property while Baumeister was out of town. The police turned up over 5,000 bone fragments throughout the 18-acre estate, and a week later, Baumeister was discovered dead across the border in Canada from an apparent suicide. If he had lived, Baumeister would be facing 11 counts of murder, but police believe it could be as many as 16. He is also suspected of killing nine more men, whose bodies were dumped along Interstate 70 in the 1980s. Most houses that are deemed psychologically affected are torn down. However, Fox Hollow Farm was listed for sale for the price of $2.3 million and eventually sold for 987000 Since then, the property has been a hotbed of paranormal activity. The new owners have reported seeing a man with no legs hovering along the wood line, and a tenant who rented a small apartment on the property experiences nightly visits from a spirit who knocks on his door. The owners have opened their home to numerous paranormal researchers who have reported hearing voices moans, footsteps, and feeling sensations of being punched, pinched, hit, and in one case, choked. In a video posted on YouTube by the user Ghost Hunter Marsha, you can hear an EVP taken in the pool area where most of the murders were alleged to have taken place. Just after she says, I can feel you now, a voice can be heard saying, get me out of here. feel you now. You're near me, aren't you? Across the pond, as many would describe the trip from the United States to England, we find Wakefield Prison, dubbed the Murder Mansion, where Harold Shipman is apparently still serving his prison sentence, even though he killed himself in 2004. Shipman, the British serial killer known as the Doctor of Death, was convicted of killing 15 of his patients, although subsequent investigations put that number closer to 250. He was committed to serve 15 consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole, and it would appear he is still doing time. After he hung himself in cell D336 by tying bedsheets to the bars and the windows, another inmate was assigned to his cell. Roy Whiting, a pedophile serving time for the murder of 8-year-old Sarah Payne, 
is too afraid to sleep. He claims he is constantly woke up by a spirit and the activity increases closer to the anniversary of Shipman's death. But Shipman wasn't the only inmate to die in that cell. In 1987, another inmate was found hung. Whiting has become increasingly paranoid, hearing voices, being touched, and has become despondent in his ordeal, refusing to eat and shower. It just goes to show that even a life sentence doesn't end when you die. Criminal AF would be back after this quick break. Hello Hello Fresh! Take a bite out of summer with Hello Fresh. From chef-crafted seasonal recipes to their new fit and fresh summer menu, Hello Fresh wants you to have it all. Free time and fresh tasty food. That's why they take care of the meal planning and deliver the ingredients, so everything you need to whip up a delicious meal arrives right to your door. Featuring quality proteins, fresh produce, and whether you have a large family or live on your own like I do, HelloFresh has a perfect meal plan for your lifestyle. One of the meals I received in last week's order from HelloFresh was a spicy and saucy turkey and bell pepper bowl, and it has instantly become one of my favorites. The perfect blend of spices, ground turkey, and fresh vegetables, it definitely hits. And did you know HelloFresh offers more than just delicious dinners? It's now easier than ever to skip that extra run to the grocery store by adding snacks, sides, and more to your weekly order. Simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 items. Go to HelloFresh.com slash CriminalAF50 and use CriminalAF50 to receive 50% off plus free shipping. Again, to receive 50% off and free shipping, go to HelloFresh.com slash CriminalAF50 and use code CRIMINALAF50. And don't forget to tag your meal creation at hashtag HelloFreshPicks. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So you like to listen to people talk about crime, but did you ever wonder why criminals do the things they do? Like what makes them tick? My name is Debbie, and I'm the professor at True Crime University. Join me in the classroom Thursdays, wherever you get your podcasts, for intellectual discussions about crime, psychology, and why criminals do what they do. See you there. Now back to Criminal AF. Let's fly back to the United States and visit 4480 West Bath Road in Akron, Ohio. Can anyone guess who used to live here when they were a young boy? I'll give you a hint. 
he was known as the Milwaukee Cannibal. Jeffrey Dahmer spent his developmental years in his home before serving in the military and upon his return, being sent off by his father to live with his grandmother in Milwaukee in 1990. After one murder and several close calls, Dahmer found other living arrangements at the now infamous Oxford Apartments, where he went on to torture, kill, and sometimes eat 15 more victims. But the murder we're here to talk about is his first one, back in 1978. The victim's name was Stephen Hicks, who Dahmer picked up hitchhiking and brought back to the house on Bath Road with the promise of drugs and alcohol. After getting drunk, Hicks got up to leave. Dahmer, seeing an opportunity to fulfill a lifetime curiosity, struck Hicks twice in the back of the head with a 10-pound dumbbell. Now unconscious, Dahmer finished the job by strangling Hicks with the bar of the dumbbell. The next morning, he dismembered Hicks and buried his remains in the backyard. And several weeks later, Dahmer dug up the remains dissolved the flesh in acid, and used a sledgehammer to smash the bones before spreading the remains again throughout the property. The paranormal activities in this home are relatively quiet compared to other locations, with reports of the occasional unexplained noise or electronics malfunctioning and their batteries being drained. One would expect such little activity, considering Dahmer's subdued, passive personality in life. However, Paranormal researcher Charlie Chittenden did record a spirit box session in the home. In this session, Charlie asked Dahmer if he had any remorse for the killing, in which the spirit responds with, I couldn't help it, and I am pitiful. Jeffrey Dahmer, you murdered 17 men and boys. Do you have any remorse for your revolting crimes? As a side note, Dahmer's childhood home was made available for rent during the 2016 Republican National Convention. It would have only set you back $8,000 for the week. We're heading west to Los Angeles, California for a stay in the Cecil Hotel. Located in the less than desirable section of LA known as Skid Row, the Cecil Hotel has become popular for its mysterious and murderous happenings. Jack Unterwager, a journalist, stayed here in 1991 while he worked on a crime story. Unbeknownst to the other occupants of the hotel, Jack was also a serial killer, believed to have strangled more than a dozen women in his native Austria, who was tied to three other murders while staying in L.A. In 1944, 19-year-old Dorothy Purcell threw her newborn baby out of the window. And in 1947, Elizabeth Short, better known as the Black Dahlia, was allegedly last seen in the hotel shortly before her death. It is said by many that she was more than likely murdered within the hotel, although others dispute this claim. The Cecil Hotel, which is considered the most haunted building in Los Angeles, is the site for a number of documented suicides and was made popular again in 2014 when a photo taken by a young boy 
showed a ghostly apparition hanging out of a fourth floor window. Its most famous occupant was the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, who called the Cecil Hotel home in the midst of his killing spree. During that time, the area was so downtrodden and dangerous that police refused to patrol its streets unless they absolutely had to, which made it very easy for Ramirez to kill and escape back to this area without being detected, even with his victim's blood still covering his clothes. We all remember his famous words after being sentenced to death. See you in Disneyland. But it would appear he never made it there. James Garcia from the YouTube page My Haunted Diary spent the night in the room Ramirez lived out of, and I will say it was quite active, with loud banging, voices, the smell of cigarette smoke, the closet door opening on command, and what occurred in the following clip. When Garcia left the room for dinner, the remote was found on the floor, and a bottle of aspirin was knocked over. Luckily, he left one of his cameras going. The video shows the remote being forcibly shoved off the bed, an aspirin bottle knocking over, followed by an unknown voice. Have a listen. See? There, the voice just happened. It's probably too hard to hear on film. There is one more notable instance of mystery and death at the Cecil Hotel. It was here, in 2013, that 21-year-old Alyssa Lam, a Chinese-Canadian college student from Vancouver, British Columbia, disappeared. The video of her making her way through the hotel became popular on YouTube, and it's completely strange. It shows her walking quickly as if someone is stalking her, and when she enters the elevator, it appears that she is talking to someone, though no one is in there with her. When the elevator doors open, she nervously peeks out as if some sort of evil awaits her on the other side. Then, she makes a run for it. This was the last anyone saw of Alyssa until two weeks later, when her naked, decomposed remains were found on the roof inside the hotel's water tank. The ladder to the tank is locked. The hatch on top of the tank is locked and alarmed. How did she get in there without anyone knowing? Her death was ruled accidental, yet her clothes were nowhere to be found, and she could never get inside the tank without using a key. At first, she was thought to be on some sort of psychedelic, but toxicology reports state there were no drugs in her system at the time of her death. What makes this more eerie is how she was even discovered. After complaints from guests regarding the water pressure, maintenance was sent up to the tank to see what the issue was. For weeks, the occupants of the hotel were showering, brushing their teeth, and quite possibly drinking the contaminated water that consisted of her decomposing flesh. Lastly, another theory has gained traction regarding her death. That theory says she was stalked through the halls and killed by none other than the ghost of Richard Ramirez.
This episode of The Serial Holic by Criminal AF was written and produced by me, Dave Jari. A huge thank you goes out to our sponsor for this episode, HelloFresh, as well as our executive producers, Christine Rivera, Beth Davis, and Dusty J. Hicks. Our associate producers, Paul Hodge, Laura Shin, Chantal Daggett, Brooke Morgan, Jay Rawlings, Terry Burke-Wollen, and Tara Mazur, as well as our producers, J.D., Trent Gobble, Emily White, Devin Dean, Lisa Perello, Alicia Knight, Maria Celine, Chris Owen, Justin Ware, Elizabeth Plus Four, Jan O'Donnell, and Beth Esselman. Be sure to check out all of our socials at Criminal AF Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Signing off from Studio Chloroform, keep your head on a swivel, and stay safe till next time.